0: okay. Um, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter three. 2 Peter chapter three, verse. We're going look at ten through fourteen. Um, and as you're doing that, I want to tell you, this is not an order of events. Okay, we're not we're not ordering. This is how it's going to happen. Uh, that's one of the most debated things in Scripture. Um, what we do know, we know that there are events that will happen, and there, like when you look in Revelation, we know that. This will happen, and then after it, this will happen, but for the whole scheme of things like there's, there's mention of a thousand years and things like that, we don't know if that's um, it's not metaphysical, metaphorical, or whether that's literal. Um, and so I take things literal unless um, it just is obvious that it's not literal, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm not going to push that on anybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. So <clears throat> let's look at verse 10. We're going to look at verses 10 through 14 today. And then next week we're going to look at the, the Scriptures that come before it and after it. Okay? So verse 10 it says, But the day of the Lord, that, that is Jesus' second coming. That's when He will return but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Um, let me ask this. Has anybody ever had their house or their um, car broken into? What was that like? Violation. Uh, violation? Yeah, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't what? Pleasant. Pleasant. Was it your house? Or? Yeah, it was a, we were... Uh, I was in high school and we got broke to, to our house, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad just happened to come come home. My mom forgot her idea, so she couldn't go to work. She was in the hospital, and he just happened to come home, and he found the guy in the middle of the house. There's a guy just standing there. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, we were all safe when my dad came home. So, but uh, yeah, so it, you feel violated. You know, yeah, like
1: you're not safe anymore in your own house. Anymore. She the other Did he get? Did he get? Him? Yeah, we got him. Oh, yeah? Right. He's alive. He's just in prison for the next 25 years. They, they just for that,
0: down. or he did a lot? No, he broke in like six different people's houses. He had 22 felonies. Like, oh, was, like, wow. Nine. And your dad beat the snot out of him? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. What, what happened with you? Car or house? Car. Car? Yeah, it's, it's, seven. A, it's the same uh, thing yeah, several I
1: times. Ashley's uh,
0: uh, car, Michael. Did your car nope. the place? Yeah. Oh y'all, yeah. This is when y'all in Baton Rouge or not? No, like, Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. The worst thing is, you know, yeah, back in those days water. you had mixed CDs. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You lost your mix CDs. <laughs> that's hard. All right. Who else? Yeah, Chelsea. I had a raccoon breaking in my car. A raccoon? Oh, yes. Gosh. The footprints are everywhere. Oh, <laughs> It took they're, all my snacks out of my car. They're nature's <laughs> fans. Yes, yeah, they, they are. Fans. They're nature's thieves. That's right. It's man, I a little crack in, the window and really? crack in my window. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they can get it anywhere. That's funny. Yeah, Matt? I had my car broken into and I got my set of golf clubs. Oh. That sucked. Oh. That is painful. Oh, man. All right, now let me ask you this Did you guys know? When the thief was going to be there, I mean, your dad just happened to run across him, but he didn't know he was coming, right? So, this is what Jesus says, right? This is what Peter's saying here. It's going to come like a thief in the night. You can't know, and with all the technology we have, all we have is the ability to thwart thieves, but not prevent them from coming, right? I mean, even in was Minority Report, y'all remember that movie? Let me how many have seen Minority Report? Yeah. You know how many people in the other church had seen it? One person. One person. Uh, everybody's looking at me like, What? I was like Tom Cruise, you know. Exactly. One guy in the back goes, I saw it. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> no, he's a younger guy, so I think he saw it. Um, but even with that movie, y'all remember what, what they were what they were trying to prevent? Right. Future murder. Yeah, it was murder. Yeah, they weren't looking at people breaking in. They were, they were just preventing murder. There hadn't been a murder in like five years or something in the movie, right? Um, So they're predicting this. It's total fiction. Let me show you this video. This is what happens. This is this broad daylight. 24, Jesus says almost the same thing. He says in verse 43, he says, understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Okay? Now notice in this verse, in the 2 Peter verse, uh, verse uh, uh, 2 Peter 3 verse 10, it says the heavens will disappear with a roar and um, this isn't a roar this Greek word it's not a roar like a lion what it means is the noise made by something passing swiftly through the air and we know what that's like right hurricanes and I lived in tornado alley for a long time a tornado is a lot louder than a hurricane
1: and more terrifying but it lasts not as
0: long but a hurricane is still just as terrifying So if you've ever experienced a hurricane or hurricane-force winds, you kind of know what that's like. But when Jesus comes, that is going to be worldwide, and it's going to be more powerful. So this is something that's very violent. And so Jesus isn't saying, you know, I'm going to come, and I'm going to pick up the believers, and I'm going to be on this flower-covered carpet playing a harp. Like, he's coming back with power. And he's coming back to bring the pain, okay? Um, Revelation 19.11 uh, says that he's coming back on a white horse like a triumphant king. And when kings came back in this day, I and mean, they came back on a white horse, and everybody's screaming and yelling, it's just chaos and loud. And so he's basically saying, when I come back, it's going to be violent, it's going to be forceful, and it's going to be quick, okay? Okay? And so, when He returns, what we need to understand, there's there's two sides of God. There's the loving side of God, which Jesus portrayed when He came and was on the earth and died for our sins. But there's also the side of God that has to punish and has to to take our sin and punish it. And there's the judgment of God. And he He does both of those perfectly. And we need to know that. Because... We, especially in our culture, being this hippie, hipster kind of, you know, fruity culture now. Right. Am I alone in that? Why am I the only one that thinks no, it's fruity? No, okay, no, good. No. All right, good. Yeah. So, so with this culture, we want all the love, but nobody wants to like be, have an account for their actions. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus says there's going to be an account. We know He's a loving God, but He has done that, and He still does that, but when He returns, He's coming to bring to Him those who have believed. And it's going to be a violent occurrence, a violent event. The universe itself, notice what it says, and the earth are going to be rolled away. Revelation 6.14 and 20.11, I won't read those, you can just throw those up. Um, they, they emphasize this. And so we need to understand this is going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. Go back to that 2 Peter 10. It's the, the next slide there, Matt. Um, at the very end, it says everything done in it will be laid bare. Peter is using this phrase. He's using it to mean two different things. One, he's talking about the physical earth, and it's going to be laid bare. But he's also referring to our hearts and our deeds. So when Jesus returns, it's not like we can wiggle out of our sin. You know, sometimes we do that with other people. Oh, Desire, ah, no, 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 no. Our sin is going to be right in front of us. And it's going to confront us. And so the question is, do we have that deep relationship with Jesus where we know that he's taken away our sin? Or will we face that judgment? And when we face that hell for eternity, because there is a heaven and a hell, and and Scripture is very clear about this. Verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. So Peter's saying, shouldn't we fear this God? Shouldn't we obey this God? Um, And whether we like it or not, this is going to be reality. I know it sounds sci-fi-ish, you know, like it sounds like something we've never experienced, and so how could it possibly happen? But one day this is going to be our reality because we don't control God, and He's going to come at the time of His choosing. Now, I run into people all the time, even uh, believers, who doubt that He's going to come back. You ever, you ever run into people who are like, yeah, whatever? I mean, there's a lot of people out there, especially believers, who believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Um, they said they think it's been just it's been 2,000 years. I mean, he said he's going to come back? Where's he at? Um, but here's my thought on that: If you believe that Jesus came down from heaven, took on flesh and blood, um, if you believe that he lived the perfect life, the sinless life, and taught us how to live and how to have a relationship with God, if you believe that He died on the cross for our sins, to take away our sins, and He was in the grave, and He experienced hell on our behalf for those three days, and if you believe that He was raised from the dead, right, God raised Him from the dead, and then if you believe that He is still alive today, And he sits at God's right hand, like Scripture says. If you believe that, then believing that he's going to come back is nothing. Right? Because, I mean, how many people have we had over to our house and they come back? They've come back again. Right? Megan, you've been to to Ashley's house a couple of times? Just Just a few. Yeah. See? It's easy to do. Anybody can come over to your house. I've been to your houses more than once. Right.
1: I've been to a little house in the
0: mountains before. I'm you have? Have you been there twice? Um, or just once? Um, I've been there twice. Oh, see? Even she knows how easy it is. So if Jesus can come down from heaven once, He can come down from heaven again. It's it's not hard. And, and we need to understand that this will... Happen. So Peter says, how should you be living, holy and godly? Oh, well, okay. Right? Now, the question is, how do I do that? Let me, let me throw this out to you. The way that you live is the way that you truly believe. The way that you think is not necessarily the way you believe. Uh, we'll think and ponder things, but that doesn't mean we believe it. It's like the way we live is what we believe. What is truly believed and believed and deeply held is acted upon. What is truly believed and deeply held is acted upon. Um, I mean, God says that He's going to take care of us. Do you really believe that? He says that. Do you really, do you, act upon that and do your actions show that I'm going to trust God in this situation and I'm going to let Him take care of me. I've done everything that I know that I can do. Will I let Him take care of me? Here's what holy and godly mean. Holy entails a separation from evil and a dedication to God. Godly relates to piety and worship. Now I know you can look at that and you go, so I've got to become like a priest or a pastor or something? No. It's just in your everyday life, you're not letting evil get in there. You're separating yourself from that and you're dedicating yourself to God. Alright? Piety doesn't mean you've got to be a priest. It just means you are singly focused on Him and worshiping What's sad as a pastor is that as I've gotten older, I find fewer and fewer people are living this way. And it's not just because I'm getting older and I didn't know when I was younger. I mean like, like from when I was 25 to 35, I just see people dropping off and following the things of this world. Um, and, and I find most people want to be like other people more than they want to be like God. Um, but uh, y'all remember Monty Williams? Anybody know Monty Williams? Monty Williams? No? Yeah? Coach of the uh, Hornets and then the Pelicans. Yeah, yep, we're all on board now. Monty Williams, um, I don't know if y'all know this, but he was fired last year from the Hornets, from Pelicans. And he got a job as an assistant coach um, with uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin Durant. Uh, Westbrook, those guys. Well, his wife and I think it was two or three of his daughters were driving down the road and uh, somebody came and they were doing twice the speed limit. They were coming down the road and they hit him head on and it killed his wife. Um, and so most people would be real angry they'd be in a camera demanding justice, right? They'd be seeking lawsuits uh, and they'd just be basically just throwing their grief around because it's, you know, just blaming and hating people. Most people would go that route. But Monty, and uh, you can talk to Laura and and Mark about it um, because they saw it all the time. Monty is a Christ follower. Yeah? Monty was a Christ follower And he lived what he believes and lives, still lives what he believes. Let me
1: show you the the
0: speech he gave at his wife's funeral. And my wife would
1: punch me if I were to sit up here and whine about what's going on. That doesn't take away the pain. But it will work out because God causes all things to work out. You just can't quit. You can't give in. See, the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And America teaches us to just numb that, and it's not true, but it is true. All you got to do is look around. Get outside of these walls, and you know it's true. This will work out. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it's not painful. Doesn't mean we don't have tough times, and we're going to have tough times. What we need is the Lord. And that's what my wife tried to exhibit every single day. Now, I'm going to close with this. And I think it's the most important thing that we need to understand. Everybody's praying for me and my family, which is right. But let us not forget that there were two people in this situation. And that family needs prayer as well. And we have no ill will towards that family. In my house, we have a sign that says "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. That family didn't wake up wanting to hurt my wife. Life is hard. It is very hard. And that was tough. But we hold no ill will towards the Donaldson family. And we, as a group, Brothers United in Unity, should be praying for that family because they breathe as well. So let's not lose sight of what's important. God will work this out. My wife is in heaven. God loves us. God is love. And when we walk away from this place today, let's celebrate. Because my wife is where we all need to be. And I'm envious of that. But I got five crumb snatchers I got to deal with. (laughs) I I love you guys for taking time out of your day to celebrate my wife. We didn't lose her. When you lose something, you can't find it. I know exactly where my wife is. I'll miss holding her hand. I'll miss talking with my wife. Uh, Sam and Coach Donovan probably couldn't figure out why I always wanted to get out of the office, Uh, me and Mo Cheeks. Mo probably wanted to go do something else, but we always wanted to get out of the office I just enjoyed being with my wife. I enjoyed being with my family. And most of the times, we didn't do anything. We just lived in the house sitting around, um, doing nothing. I'm going to miss that. Let's not lose sight of what's important. God is important. What Christ did on the cross is important. Let's not lose sight of that family. We also lost someone that they love. I love you guys. I hope I get a chance to hug and shake a hand and Give a kiss on the cheek, but let's keep what's important at the forefront. Thank you.
0: So you see, there, that's a powerful moment of a Christ follower who says, took my wife. That's what it means to live out what you believe. So in verse 12, it says, come back up to verse 11, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. How do you speed its coming? By praying and sharing Christ with others, with those around you. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. So Peter knows that it's hard to, to live in this world, but he also knows that nothing you've done matters except for how you have lived for Christ. Um, there's no lawyers that are going to represent you before God. They're, they're not going to spin your case for you. The truth is going to be laid out in front of you. Uh, your spouse can't jump in front and say, no, 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 I, I, let me take the, the brunt of the pain here. It's just you and God. This is the day of the Lord, and it's going to be wonderful for believers. And then at the end of that verse, um, he says the elements will melt in the heat, and the the heavens will be destroyed by fire. So it gives us a little bit more of a hint of what we're going to see, what's going to happen on the day of the Lord. We're going to look up, and the sky is going to be on fire. The stars are going to be, I don't know, somehow on fire. You know what NASA um, fears the most in space? Fire. Because you cannot put a fire out in space. You throw water at it, and it's like shooting one BB at another because it's just floating around. They hate fire. And so we're going to look, and we're going to see, I guess... We're going to think it's nuclear Armageddon or something. But it's not going to be. It's going to be worse. Because it's going to be Jesus returning. So verse 13 and 14. It says, but in keeping with this promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So for those who have followed Jesus and acted upon the Holy Spirit in their lives, it's going to usher in this whole new reality of purity and holiness. There won't be... There won't even be the opportunity to sin because God is going to take away our sinful nature. I look forward to that because I can't stand And you see it uh, again in 21.1, the new heaven and new earth. Um, so right is going to be done all the time. And I don't know about y'all, but our world's so jacked up that it's just impossible to comprehend. You know, it's just so messed up. And yet, this is what Peter says, and Jesus through Peter says, you need to dwell on this, the new heaven and the new earth. In verse 14, so then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Now, this word where it says make every effort, it's not like give it the old college try. You know, it's not like, hey, you know, look at it and, uh, oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. This word, this phrase means to make an intense effort. And so Jesus is calling us to sweat. You can do that today by helping uh, Kristen move or Wednesday by helping them move. He's calling us to sweat. Uh, He's calling us to be emotionally and mentally drained for Him. He's calling us to invest our time in Scripture and in prayer. Uh, And He's calling us to be burdened and to cry out to God for those who don't know Him. And so what God is saying is He wants our intensity. And this is the answer to our question for our series, How to Survive How to survive the End Times. This is just one. There's several ways that God is going to point out to us throughout this series. And one way is to follow God intensely. Not just, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get around to Him. When when you're doing this, you know that you will be at peace with God. It's not I've got to do this much so I can be good enough or anything like that. It's just wanting God so desperately and being spotless and blameless and at peace only comes from that intense relationship with Him. So I want to challenge us. Follow God intensely throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your life, because Having that blamelessness doesn't come from anywhere else. Let me pray for us. Father, um, thank You for Your Word and thank You for uh, those of us who came today. We, We ask that You will take our hearts and mold them into Your heart. Make us, help us to know that we are blameless in Your eyes because You have died for our sin. So Father, we ask that You help us to follow you intensely. We pray this in Jesus' name.